This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a Wednesday evening edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined by old friend of SNY, David Virchberger. David, good evening, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Chase? Uh, Mike Soroka is probably out for the season, uh, so kind of a bummer for the Braves. It's been a really, really rough weird start for my baseball team your baseball team the new york mets also having a weird start to their season firing their hitting coach early on not scoring any runs and now look to be turning a corner you were at a walk-off this week were you not yeah but uh <laughs> i'm actually a yankee fan i was just going are my, you really uh, my buddy's in town and he's a mets fan yeah well so that, I mean, they're, they're also having kind of a weird season, kind of mm-hmm. shaky start, but I'm, I'm hoping they're picking it up now. So what's your New York team list? Is like, so I don't mess this up going forward when we're doing these pods <laughs> in the fall, I need to know where you stand on football. Like what is your, what is your team list? I, I'm, I'm Knicks, Yankees, uh, Jets, but, mm. and then Rangers, I guess, but in like that order of me caring. So mm. <laughs> yeah, Well, I noticed Jets, you left out the, been, uh, NYFC and New York Red Bulls, and and the New York Liberty. Okay, um, I'll throw that one in there too. Still no Red Bulls versus NYCFC. Uh, I guess NYCFC. Okay. Are you a diehard? Yeah. You like the the light blue that they're rocking? You know, I, I like <laughs> that I don't have to travel to Jersey for a game. <laughs> oh, do they play in Jersey? Oh, the Red Bulls do, right? The Red Bulls do. I think the NYCFC, don't they play yeah. in Yankee Stadium? Am I misremembering that? They used to, at least, yes. But okay. I don't like traveling out to, to Jersey for a Red Bulls game, so no. the NYCFC it is. There you go. I don't know what the environment is. I haven't been to a game there. Um, Atlanta United's incredible. Like, if you have to pick an Atlanta sporting event to go to when you're here, Verts, on business, whatever, go to Atlanta United. You'll have way more fun in an Atlanta United game than any of the other big four. All right, well, now I know. Now you know. Now you know. Um, Something else that you know really well, David. The New York Knicks, who played a great, fun game against the Los Angeles Lakers, where um, it was back and forth. Julius Randle is still just a marvel. Derrick Rose in his defense is a marvel. The Knicks rotation as a whole is a marvel. The existence of Alec Burks is a marvel. Um... I, I enjoy it. The Knicks are so much fun. And I think Rob Perez spelled it out where it was just like, the Knicks are just always going to, I think it was Rob Perez. It might've been network. I'm not sure, but,
but uh like they're just always gonna make your favorite team work to beat them like you're not they're not gonna win the title but they're just gonna make it really really painful and really frustrating for you to get through it when you're watching this game did you think there is some laker bias going on the knicks were not getting the kind of calls that they should have in this game uh, no, you know, I actually didn't have an uh, officiating gripe this game. I feel okay. like it's always the Nets matchups. That that's when all the all the craziness comes out. I thought I thought the finishes that one finish where uh, I, I guess that that wasn't uh, that was actually a travel on Randall where he went up for the three and then Kyrie sort of smacked the ball. But there were a bunch of calls earlier in that in that fourth quarter that I thought turned the tide. You know what? I I, I shouldn't complain about officials. Fourth seed. They they got it well not fourth seed right now sorry tied for six but clinched at least a top six seed no playing game I'm extremely excited I have no complaints I don't want to badmouth anybody that could affect any future playoff series that might be coming up it's okay all good no complaints for me interesting so for someone who has not been tuned in to every Knicks game this year and they're going to see them in the playoffs this spring or this summer rather because it's a late start. Um, how do you explain the Knicks to them? How do you explain this four to five, six seed range and their success? How do you, how do you do it? Well, it starts with the defense. Um, I, I just think their defense, it's only, you know, it's fourth in the league, which is pretty good. Top, you know, is like top five, but they just bring it every night. The efforts there every night, it just doesn't feel like they, they toss away any game like you might get two or three minutes here and there but then they just lock in and it's funny like I have you know friends of mine that don't really watch the NBA or watch the Knicks very often and and I get them to watch them with me especially because they're good this year and and they're pointing out it's like a college basketball team out there just the way they're they're all over the place defensively and 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 just really annoying teams to death I feel like the sort of uh, wave you know sort of the sort of storyline of a Knicks game is like They'll keep it sort of close, or maybe get off to a slow start. You know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. As it's slowly progressing, they're wearing teams down, and then they could just sort of, you know, hit the gas on offense, hit a few threes, and by then the other team is just worn down from all the physicality and then the good defense and the rebound, and and then they just managed to pull away, and that's that's just kept happening for wins this year. It's been uh, it's been crazy. Interesting. So, do you have a favorite moment thus far? Do you have a favorite Knicks moment this year? Wow. That's actually tough. Um, I'm trying to think. Of that. I don't think there was like one really awesome game winner. It's got to be one of the big wins. I mean, the Clippers win uh, last week was really, really awesome. National TV against one of the best teams in the West. You know, with, with both their stars, you know, they weren't, they weren't too impacted by injuries. That was a great win. There've been a few really awesome wins this year um, over some over some top talent. They just they didn't expect out of this team, but they're they're pulling it off. Well, I appreciate you pushing the Clippers the way you did my my NBA champion pick, Los Angeles <laughs> Clippers. So, yeah, giving them a loss there to show them what they still need to work on is is always helpful for the sake of me being right. Which, as you know, is the the entire purpose of this very podcast is just to uh, fulfill those prophecies, if you will. Um, what do you think Julius Randle is going to get money-wise this offseason? So, yeah, I guess the question is, you know, do the Knicks 
remember the team. I, I think they have a team option for him for yeah. the next year. Or yeah, so you know, I guess they have to sort of come to an agreement with it. Obviously, he wants to stay here. That's what it seems like. I mean, if you're the Knicks, I guess the question is like, what don't you pay him? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, he's he's clearly a star. He's an all star. I would go. I would venture as far as to say he's a star. I mean, he was going one on one with Anthony Davis to to some degree of success. You know, he's he's a two way star now. He's, he's really good defensively. He's multifunctional. He could pass. Uh, I I'm not sure there's a number I'd be upset with. Uh, like, yeah, it's hard for me to predict because I think there's going to be some sort of you know, negotiation between them. Like, listen, we're not going to render a team option. Let's just extend you right here now. Take whatever, 28 a year, increasing to 30 for the next three, four years, something like that. I don't, I don't know what they'll come to, but I, I, I'm just fine. Just extend them. I don't really care what it costs at this point. He, he deserves it after this year. Joachim Noah is making how much money for the next next year? <laughs> I think we're done. I think, aren't, we're not done with Joachim Noah. You're not. Jeez, it's probably like it's, it's probably a few million. That, that's fine. Listen, six million. This this one's for real. Mm-hmm. This one's for real. All right. This isn't. Don't, don't compare those. This is <laughs> completely different. Um, a lot of cap holds they'll have, and I mean, I'll, I'm going to consult Larry Coon on this and all the cap holds and what they're going to do there. I mean, the Reggie Bullock, they have really bird rights on him. What they do with him? Um, Alfred Payton, no bird rights. I'm going to go ahead and guess they're going to decline that option. Um. Nerlens Noel, they don't have bird rights. And he's been really, really good for you guys. And Nilakina coming off the books is going to be good for them. Um, got early bird rights on Derek Rose. I'm assuming Rose is back. I think you're probably out on Burks because he's going to make too much money for somebody else. Is that fair to assume? Like, you can't keep him and Bullock, I feel like. Yeah, well, the thing is, can you keep. The Knicks might be able to keep all these guys, but then how much do they have left over? to chase like a Kyle Lowry or someone they really, really want, you know, like a legitimate upgrade. Um, I'm hoping there's some, you know, long-term deals given out where, you know, maybe the base salary is a little lower for the long-term protection. And these guys love playing here. I, I feel like I, the, the, the team's chemistry, I don't know if this is just like the fanboy talking, but the, but the team's chemistry has been so real and like they've been so close and, and so tight this year. Like it's hard for me to imagine guys walking out for a slightly bigger paycheck, or or like a slightly better team. I, I think there's going to be a concerted effort between the team and the guys to sort of stay together this off season. But of course, if someone's like throwing a, a good deal of money at at Alec Burks, that that that's where it becomes challenging. Do you know who it reminds me of? I was thinking about this before we started recording um, this week. I'm just thinking about topics and the Knicks in general, and like. It reminds me a lot of the Clippers before Kawhi and Paul George came. That's what they remind me of, this next squad. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. For the ones who get going. When the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24 7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
you'd have to if you're the fourth seed, uh, you end up the fourth seed. Now I keep I keep going to that because it just sounds so good. <laughs> Actually, the sixth seed now. Um, but if you finish like this, and you know you already have a, a an established coach and an established system, and you could sort of plug an, an offensive star as an upgrade almost at any position. That's not Julius Randles. Uh, R.J. Barrett can play either wing, and we're, you know, do we need any sort of point guard that isn't Alfred Payton right now? So uh, it seems like there are one or two like nice upgrades from being a, a real, a real hard out in the play. They're still going to be a hard out, but they're not in the echelon of, uh, you know, the Miamis, the Phillies, the Milwaukee's, the Brooklyn's. Yeah, I do think it's going to be interesting because it's like the Lou Will stuff, where like Yovan Boo, a friend of the pod, talked about this a lot last year uh, when he was still covering the clips and just that difference. Remember the report on Kawhi and like how the special treatment of stars versus the guys who did the dirty work and like put together that surprise playoff team under doc. And then the stars come in and it just, every their roles change, all that kind of stuff. But it's hard to keep that continuity and this kind of funness once the stakes are raised. Um, Brooklyn kind of dealt with this a little bit, um, but I think they've really navigated it pretty solid. Um, especially with just the amount of star talent that came through the door. And we'll get to Bruce Brown, uh, a favorite of this very podcast. But um, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. We'll have to see, too, like RJ becoming a force. Like you have to prioritize RJ, I think, in your long-term plans. You have to prioritize, I think, Manuel quickly. And then Mitchell Robinson hasn't been a part of this now. Like what happens with... Mitchell Robinson, like that is a huge looming question in my perspective because no one's Noel's been so good for them that I, I don't know. Um, it makes no sense to pay both. And then you and just does, have... Does Noel come back for, for a backup role? Like and I wouldn't a, if I'm here. I think he's played his way and shown right. that he deserves an opportunity to start on a good team. Um, and then you just have the wild cards and Knox and Toppin. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Obi Toppin has played... NBA basketball for the past month, like actual NBA basketball, like that guy is an NBA player doing NBA things is able to, 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 to be there on the court with NBA players. And it's been awesome. It's been so great. Obi Toppin is how much older than RJ Barrett? Chase, you, you, know, <laughs> you focus too much on the details on this podcast. I think you're, you're this context stuff, this nuance, I think you need to go away from that a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to make a point here. I think we should, mm-hmm. you know, just just leave it on that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not dig too deep into it. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, the clock's ticking. My man's father time's coming quickly for Obi Toppin. Um, he's he's grown fast from mm-hmm. unplayable to to playable. So I can only imagine the next step is going to be even faster. It's going to be great. Just needs to be careful. He's up there in age. You can tear something if you're you're not careful. You're, you're <laughs> give, give him a full off season with with, mm-hmm. with Johnny O'Brien, and Kenny Payne. Is Kenny Payne still going to be on this coaching staff? I hope I, I hope so. I don't I don't think there's I don't think he, he didn't take anything right. No, I mean he's been he's been courted. He's he's been yeah he's been courted. That's for sure. He's a hot commodity. A lot. Did Nick get a, a functional? basketball operations staff together and and everyone's just on the market immediately everyone's everyone's going after these guys can't keep them together already lost mike woodson yeah yeah um speaking of the coaching staff is tibbs your non-biased coach of the year but um 
I really like going with the cool story for these awards. So, so Thibs is a really attractive pick. Unbiased is tough. Like, I weirdly think like Steve, no one's talking about Steve Nash's case. Like, I feel like he has a case. Quinn Snyder's obviously has a really good case. Monty Williams too. I mean, those are probably better unbiased picks. But if you want to go for the narrative, here's the thing about this: I feel like this Knicks team has to get one award. Like Julius Randle has to get most improved or something, or, or, you know, none of these guys can really get defensive player of the year because none of them are better than like a Rudy Gobert or Joel Embiid, et cetera. But like, I feel like you got to give one a coach of the year or most improved to the Knicks. Give them the little narrative. Here you go, nice, you know, year end award to to sort of solidify how good of a season you are. Whichever one it is, I don't mind. Thibs is in the run. He's top five easily for sure. Um, it's just tough. I mean, Utah's been so good in such a weird rocky season and you know they made the most out of their roster where you look at it and 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 you you don't expect it to be the best team in the league and and there you go and and similar things with phoenix so it's tough i'm biased i don't think i could just hand it to thibs but you know if they want to give most improved to someone else I'll, i'll take thibs for coach of the year i'm worried about brad stevens coach of the year chances It's uh, it's a really good year to be a Knicks fan, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> would you uh, would you take a superstar or Brad Stevens for the next five years? <laughs> LeBron James or Brad Stevens? Well, well, I don't even remember what that question was. That's crazy. I mean, I still look back on that. It's just an all-timer. Just the all-time Boston <sighs> think tank is is one of the best. One of the best. I miss it. Oh, you know, Boston Boston was ready to trade for Julius Randle, you know, but uh, they didn't want to give up um they, they don't want to give give up semi Ojale, so that's well, let's, that, let's that's talk about Boston. They're on my list I wanted to pick your brain on because they lose Jalen Brown, which sucks. Jalen's awesome, Tatum's awesome, yeah. but like I think two things can be true. One the Celtics were always going to take a step back by losing Gordon Hayward for nothing. And us just like assuming like it's not on Tatum. It's not on Brown. I, it's not even really on Kimba cause he's played pretty solid since he's come back from injury in the last few weeks in the last few months. So like, it's not even really on Kimba, but they didn't address it. Like he just left and they needed that playmaking. They needed that depth. You watch these games and you're like, they just, they don't have the guys. And I think part of it too is he really hasn't drafted all that well. Uh, I think they needed Grant Williams or Robert Williams or Romeo Linkford or I mean, even like a Peyton Pritchard. They just needed one of these other guys to, to really hit. I don't know if it, it's not fair with Pritchard. It's really, I mean, Simei Algele is fine, but like the depth is, is an issue. They have a lot of young guys. I mean, I think, we're probably looking at a situation now too, and this is hindsight and everything, but should they have sold higher on Marcus Smart when they had the opportunity to, to do so? Like, what does his value look like now? And um, Kemba Walker's contract is probably just about untradeable. And what can you really do with this group? And I think Evan Fournier is like a fine late season addition. I, it hasn't really panned out for them the way they wanted to. He's been fine, but like, I don't know. It's just a different kind of guy. And you, when you lose Hayward for nothing and you have the Kyrie situation go the way it did and you put all your eggs in the Anthony Davis stuff and all of them just kind of go the wrong way for you guys, like you still have to like do something to adapt. And I think they like Danny Ainge is not a guy who makes big swings mid season. 
Like that, if you look at his trade deadline history, it's just like not anything this guy is interested in doing. So I'm curious to see what he does this offseason because I don't think you can you can run it back with this group. I think you obviously keep Brown and Tatum as untradeable, but like everything else needs to be on the table. And I don't really know what they do, but like Smart being on this roster next year would honestly at this point surprise me because he is their best trade asset, I would say. And you have to start wondering like, are we going to have the minutes to play all these young guys now like are we, we don't have the room for romeo langford's drives like there's not 12 minutes for him anymore like we need like there's just you have to be very careful with how you're doing this and their how thin they are on the wing and just i don't know they they're weirdly thin there and then you're like oh they have 12 minutes from grant williams he does this when you have 12 minutes of robert williams he does that and then there's um who's the guy they got uh the big who i always forget his name who came in um after the Luke Cornett. Sadian? Was it Luke Cornett? Yeah, Luke Cornett. Um and then you read the Celtics songs about this and you're like, oh, they're way too high on this th- trio rotation at the the five spot. And I don't know. I just the Celtics are complicated, but I don't know how they really, really fix this. Like hey, we're just walking for nothing. Really gutted this team, and I also just think I they're kind of stuck, right? Yeah, this this team is just super, super confusing on the court. It, it, it's super good. Like, cause I like the players you, you've talked about. Like, I even like I, I see what they see in that in that center rotation, and and a lot of these, you know, even like I like Pritchard's minutes. Like, I like some of these young guys and what they do in their limited time. I I really like the you know the Williams and you know you mentioned trading Marcus Smart is the best trade asset. Like, can they? Assuming they want to build around Tatum and Brown, right? Those two are the key cogs. And assuming they're not just going to tear it down, you know, put nothing around them, collect assets, and then try and, like, you know, build something up in the future. Assuming they're still trying to win in the next few years, don't you almost have to keep them as sort of that that grit, that toughness, that sort of culture setter type of guy, you know, the the, the sort of edge on the team? Because I don't think you're really getting that from Jalen Brown or, or Jason Tatum and, you know, you, you have you have Tristan Thompson. He sort of brings that that veteran, that physicality, but he's not he's not going to be super effective out there, especially at his age. Uh, so so it's tough. I, I don't know what direction to go with this team. You feel like you sort of have to package one or two of the young guys that look promising. Maybe like every damn pick you have down the line for whatever next star comes up or whatever star you really like. Um, outside of that, I, I can see them running it back with basically the same team. That does seem to be their strategy since the, that one Eastern Conference Finals run. Like, look, we we made it. Then we can we can do. It. We have the same guys basically. Just replace whatever point guard, and you get Gordon Hayward. And Gordon Hayward leaves. But fundamentally, the team is, is the same that made that run. So, I don't know. They're just trying to catch lightning again. But it, I agree. They got to do something if the goal is to win the championship. I just don't think that city's going to stand for running it back with this group. Hey, I don't think. Uh they can get i don't think danny Ainge can bet on that because i don't think he can afford back-to-back seasons like this with this group i just don't um what does victor oladipo's injury he's now out for the season they won't have him in the rotation for the heat um this playoff run what uh what does this injury mean and uh what does this mean for his contract status this this summer it was always going to be kind of a weird 
a playoff fit for the Heat just because you know they, they needed to build some chemistry with them and, and see how we fit, um, especially on the team that needs maybe a little more shooting. Um, yeah, I, I think for this year it doesn't make a huge difference, but I think the plan, the plan is mostly going to be the same this offseason as well with Miami and Oladipo. You know, they trade him to, to re-sign him. He's going to want to sign there. It's just going to be a lot of injury protection. I don't, protections, I'd imagine, on that on that contract and just, you know, probably less less money than he was going to get. Um, I, I'd still imagine they, you know, they, 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 they ink it and they get it done. But it, it sucks to see, you know. Uh, hopefully this, this change of location, maybe an off-season to, to sort of rehab and get right, and then, you know, we could start seeing that old, old depot again. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, let's say Lakers signs is how the first round unfolds. Is that a doomsday situation for Phoenix? Fuck, it's not what you want. No. <laughs> it's not what you want. Um, is this a Lakers that are in the playing game or not in the playing game? Well, I think as of what right is, now, they're in the playing game, right? As of right now. So, you know, if they have a couple of playing games, I feel like that almost benefits the Lakers because they get, you know, some more some more time with LeBron and AD healthy and then just get, you know, get the chemistry back, get the, get the time, you know, timeliness down on defense back and all that stuff. Um, you go right into a first-round series with the Suns, you know, maybe the Suns steal game one, maybe game two, you never know what happens. And, well, it's not really stealing because they're the favorite, but... Um, yeah, it's, that'd be a good, good matchup. I, I think, I think the big question there is how DeAndre Aiden stacks up with all that size the Lakers have in the front court. Can he handle those two? And Drummond and, and Anthony Davis. I, I would just be so bummed. I really would. Monty Williams is probably my coach of the year. That team is so fun. I love seeing Devin Booker turn into the player that he is. Chris Paul and him have just been great. And, the Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Aiton's been quiet. He's been fine, but like they just know who they are. And Cameron Payne's figured out. Like they just—that's the team that completely knows and understands exactly who they are. And to get the Lakers in round one would just be—it would just be brutal. It would kind of remind me of um, this happens in hockey from time to time, where uh, like you would have something like Lightning Bruins in round one, the way the NHL changed their playoff format, where you can actually have these all-time like top of your conference matchups in the first round and they get eliminated. That's what it would remind me of. And I don't think uh, that's a good thing. But I also don't think the Lakers can win the title if they start the 7-8 seed. Like, just I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that's just too much for them to, to overcome in their injury stuff and just their turnaround and everything and AD not having a normal offseason where he usually takes a full month off. Jovan told me about this last week was just like, these guys are just fried and they did not have their normal offseason program. And then they have to incorporate all these new people. And obviously AD and LeBron have been out for an extended period of time this year. And I don't know. I just, I would be, I'd be very floored at this point if the Lakers were able to run the gambit back to back seasons. Um, Dwayne Casey. I'd really not oh, be go ahead. at all. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just, I'd really not be like, I, I kind of gun to my head. Who's winning the championship this year. I, I feel like I would almost, have to say the Lakers just because they're they're I don't want to say they're safe but like if they can get through whatever first round 
trouble awaits them, and it's going to be trouble. It's, it's going to be you know the Clippers, the Suns, someone, someone tough. If they get past that, I, I I would not be shocked at them running the table. I think like one one solid playoff series to sort of get set them right, and and you know they just they just have the talent they have. You know, they're coming off the of last year. They, they've already won it once, and they have LeBron James, and we forget that he's you know he's he's pretty good. Yeah, well we'll see. That's why they play the games, as they say, David. Chris Paul in a in a first round Lakers series will pull out every trick mm-hmm. in his hat. It, it'll keep. Every little annoying thing, I can't even imagine. The jersey untucked will be the least of it. That'll be just right off the tip. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll come up with every, anything. As he should. As he should. Um, yes. Dwayne Casey got a couple-year extension up there in Detroit. Uh, good for him. I like Dwayne Casey. When you watch him, it's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, but, you know, this Detroit situation I don't think is uh, – uh, going to turn around anytime soon. So he getting that security, I think, is good for him, right? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I mean, he's a developmental coach, right? And and the Pistons have some young guys to develop, and they'll get more. And yeah, they're not they're not going to be anywhere close to winning anytime soon. So uh, I think it's fine. You know, what's the worst that guy? You fire him if things don't go right. I mean, you're not expecting many wins anyway, so I don't know why you would, but. Yeah, it's a nice coach from the house. Do you share old friend Tillman Fertitta's excitement about the Rockets' future, David? <laughs> I think is there an exact quote uh, that I missed, or or like I'm a, how excited is he exactly? Because I want to just Silas. He's excited about Raphael Stone, the direction of the team, kind of having this Blake Slate they got. Um, this is what he said, quote, I never thought I could feel this good after winning only 16 games. I'll say rebuilds can sometimes happen faster than you expect. And I'll, you know, it applies to Detroit as well. You just talked about and in, in Houston and, and anybody we've seen. Look at the Knicks in one year. You know, look, look where the Nets are now. Uh, you know, they fired Billy King and then, a few years later, they're, they're suddenly a super team. So, listen, I, I like a lot of the guys on the roster, and Kevin Porter Jr. seems like a real thing. I don't know if you're a believer in, in what he's he's done, but uh, he seems pretty fun. You know, I, I like a lot of the other young guys they have. Jason Tate is pretty awesome. Still have Christian Woods. You know, you still have all these picks from the net. So, who knows? Maybe there's, maybe there's some things to be excited about. You know, you'd be more excited entering the playoffs with James Harden right now, and and some co-star next to him that 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 he liked and messed with and didn't want to trade away from. But you know, can't always have it that way. Do you think uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is watching James Harden tape at all? <laughs> he should, he should. If you can get, I mean, his handle's already pretty nice. I think. Oh he no, has he already is. That like... was a old friend. Did you see Rob Perez do that? Who does this remind you of? Of like a zoomed-in Kevin Porter Jr. dribbling on the perimeter. Okay, yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> you have to look at this. It's almost yeah, like he's, this dude he's, has um... been in the gym watching nothing but uh, James Harden highlights. And also back to your uh, question for me about uh, Kevin Porter Jr. as a whole. Um, I think it's less about his talent and more about like, do I believe he's going to be like 
how do I phrase this? Um, because he was just like out. Like I don't. He wasn't banned. Was he banned from the Cavs for the start of the season? Where he was just like they were like, "Hey, go get your stuff together, and then we'll be here." But just take care of your stuff before you come back. And then obviously that didn't go well. I think he didn't he have a blow up with the coach. Um, am I misremembering? Yeah, you? there were a few blows. I think that question was was posed. Uh, Assuming the extracurriculars are over with, which I, I don't really think they are, because there was, I think there were still a couple of things that happened in Houston. I don't know. Yeah. But but hopefully, you know, he uh, he sharpens that up. And and yeah, I mean, on the court, uh, I think we both agree there's there's a lot of talent there. I thought there was back in the Cleveland days too. Yeah. So that's my answer. It's like if we're talking purely talent and the kind of usage opportunity he'll get in Houston over the next couple of years, I think yes. But do I believe in all the other stuff being uh taken care of i i don't know don't know the guy personally but the track record so far is concerning i would say so we'll we'll have to see i hope so because he's a fun player to watch i hope so but that is something you have to keep in the back of your mind if you're a rockets fan um he did say he's going to be patient and here's the thing about these owners um someone for kita is going to enjoy this like he has no expectations Houston fans are like, yeah, it's over. Like, uh, we're bottoming out. Like, we're going after Cade Cunningham. Like, I don't know why owners pretend to complain when they're in this position. They get to get the revenue that everybody else gets in the NBA owner group, and they get to suck. Like, it's it's pretty nice. They have no expectations. They get to cash their checks, make their money, and see their franchise value inflate to unreal numbers. And, hey, he's got a pretty good gig. Uh, not everyone gets to be an NBA owner. And uh, when you flip it, you can uh, make a lot of money. I don't think uh, he's all that talking about the uh, on the court stuff. He's more like, oh, yeah, I'm excited about the money that I'm going to make when I flip this franchise 10 years from now. Would maybe be the full answer there. That um, would definitely be more exciting than their on court prospects. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be extremely excited personally. I just hope Steven Silas gets the time he deserves. Like that's that's all I want is Steven Silas to get a long time yep. in Houston. Um, the Luke Walton All-Stars, it, you and I were talking before we got started recording, it's one of our favorite things to read every year. Zach Lowe does this in the year on ESPN.com that you should go check out if you've not already done so. Um, who was your favorite pick on that list? I mean, the, the bias one, the bias one is Alec Burks, right? But no, that's not, that's not the pick. Um, it, it might have to be... I think it might have to be Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is a really weird, amazing player. His role on his team, like that whole context just makes no sense. By the way, this is an aside, but I love how I feel like this year, maybe the last year too, this column is now going a little more uh, sort of reporting-driven, narrative-driven. And and Zach was actually talking to these guys and talking to guys around them and really, you know, just talking about going into the season, what they wanted to work on, all this different stuff. I just think that's cool. But yeah, Bruce Brown, I really love. Kendrick Williams, I like for a long time. That, that whole Thunder roster is a, it's a weird little Luke Wallen all-star team. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, who's, who's your, who did he leave off the list for you? Who's your Luke Walton all-star? Who did he leave off the list? In, in your opinion, who, who's, Someone for you, yeah. Hmm. Putting me on the spot here. Uh, Kevin Herter. Yeah. 
Are you, oh, that's crazy. I actually had him highlighted here as one of mine. <laughs> Kevin Herter has been extremely important. I would actually put Kevin. He does a little bit of everything. I I would have him on my list. Um, and that's my non-biased answer. Uh, oh, you know, it would probably be Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering how good, like, is there a level of good where you just get disqualified from a loophole oh, in All-Star? Yeah. And does, I don't know, does Jalen Brunson, like, does he make that cut? Because, like, you got, like, Utah Watanabe down here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, this list is made up of, yeah. I, the other, like I had Luke Kennard. I was thinking of Luke Kennard maybe mm. as, as a good Luke Wall All Star. Jayshon Tate. Um, yeah. yeah, some of the Houston guys would be fun. Oh, Nikhil Walker Alexander. There's a lot of them on the Pelicans actually. I'm probably think about throwing on there. Um, hmm. I loved I loved Alec Burks getting his getting his due. Even though again, like I feel like the Knicks half the Knicks are a Luke Wall All Star. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'd have to do some more things. I mean, for me, I just I love going through it, and I just thought, like you said, like adding more of a personal element to these is pretty awesome. And like the story behind Toscano Anderson and like him just not loving basketball at all, and him just being done, and then just going to play in Mexico where his mom's from, and just the right guy saw him, and then he gets a tryout with Santa Cruz, and he does that for two years, and gets called up and now he's going to be part of their long-term plans and he just he's shooting well and i don't know and i also thought it was cool like kendrick williams where uh i think it was jamie dixon was like uh you don't really have a skill to get drafted you need to all you can do is i think it was like rebound and then he was like you got to sh- shoot better and the senior year he shot 40 percent from three like stuff like that is just cool like <laughs> dude's great. like i like when coaches are like that of like they they know why you're there and be aware and like hey sorry there's no chance for you to get drafted if you don't start shooting better and he's like all right done 40 percent." and i just think that's it's kind of cool and then like the story of cameron Payne, like can you imagine being a lottery guy and then getting cut and then like the next day you're in china in a small hotel room and you're like oh my god this this changed rather quickly and then uh for him to get back and just be as fun as he has been and shooting well for phoenix has been super cool because it was going to be kind of sad if his entire NBA uh, career was just defined by his pre pregame handshakes and dances with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's the story. It's impossible not to root for campaign. Uh, really awesome comeback. The story was great. You know, for a competitive team, just coming back and, and being the backup point guard for a for such a good team, and it's, it's awesome. And yeah, I interviewed him. I think uh, rookie, maybe second or third year with the with the thunder i'm not really sure but he was always really awesome and great professional and yes yeah, so i have a bias i'm a big campaign guy i'm on the i'm on the islands you're on the island i like it i like yeah, it i got a lot of got a lot of property got a lot of got some timeshares on campaign island are you an investor at all david are you in dogecoin and all that I don't understand any of it. Like it, 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 the stock market and all of that. Cause you're in finance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm an accountant, but mm-hmm. like the investing stuff is, is I focus on that a lot on the side, uh, invest in stocks, kids, smart, uh, good stocks though. Like, you know, real stuff, not, not something you see on Twitter, but see, like, I don't, I don't know where to begin and I, I don't even know. Like, uh, I, I'm just I'm so out of it. It's amazing how little I know about so many things, David. Do you ever think about that sometimes where you're like, it's incredible that I have 
a dearth of knowledge on this particular subject and there's probably no opportunity for me to like add and retain some stuff like i'm i'm so full of bullshit from sporting events and sports and all my books that like i'm i'm closing in at 30 you'll get here at some point david where you're like i, I don't have any more room i, I this is i the, the room is full I, I don't have anything else to add i can't keep um adding things to my plate i can't keep adding new uh new things to be in my 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 brain like i, I just can't do it uh, new skills new things to talk about at parties new new idea that i i just feel like that room could be better spent on like who's the 15th man on the Knicks g league roster i i right. like i i don't know but, uh, i personally i just think that's where people's priority should be i mean no one's ever gonna ask me chase what do you think about jameer gibbs the four-star running back from georgia tech he had a pretty good year last year like uh that's not going to come up at a cocktail party, I don't think. But I can tell you all about never, that. Never say never. No. Well, I, I guess I should never only, say never. Only the really good cocktail parties. <laughs> have you ever even been to a cocktail party? I don't think I ever have. I think, I think I'd think i sooner just watch paint dry. <laughs> are you a going out person or are you a homebody? A little bit of both. The co- cocktail party seems too... Um, too 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 stiff mm. to you know uh, you know an irish bar with like some six dollar beers mm-hmm. uh, you're you're not in new york city maybe six dollar beers is like that's yeah you know and, and just um, is that a deal for you yeah you know, being loud yeah six dollar beers like what are we talking here yeah what kind of beer i mean anything like that that isn't you know grocery store just first first shot like this. It, it, yeah, I mean, Are you a beer guy. It, I, I, I partake. You partake. What's your go-to? I'm a fan. Uh, I like Stella's. I like Yingling's. Mm. Um, I like some of the, a lot of the European stuff. Uh, Hofbrau, German stuff, Hefeweizen, all the good stuff. There's the New York in you. I like all the German yeah. beers and the European beers. I like to. I I don't like to partake in that uh, classless stuff that they partake in down south. The coarse lights, the Bud Lights, the Bud Heavies. Whoa, you would be so hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. You asked me. You asked me what my you know what what beers I like to go to. Okay, the fiscal, fiscally responsible choices. You know what's avail the availability. What's available to me at baseball games? You know that. Listen, mm-hmm. I, I I gotta have a, a crisp Bud Light. You know, a crisp five o'clock light. on a Friday after work sometimes. Well, That's we'll right. cut that out because Coors Light sponsoring. Well, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll chop in Coors Light. Don't worry. Oh about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh man. Don't worry about it, David. Um, last thing, we'll end on this note. The most New York thing you've seen since the last time we spoke on this podcast was what? The most New York thing. I've been out of the house much, Chase. Is the pandemic going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had, um, this was, yeah, I guess this was since we last spoke. Uh, me and some coworkers were at a bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a man a man came up to it. So this bar serves uh, popcorn with your beers. Very nice, free, free popcorn. Okay. And, you know, a man comes up and, and I was asking for a little bit of change. Uh, you know, 
uh, we didn't give it to him, and, and he asked for the popcorn. We gave him the popcorn. He just, he just went in, hands deep into the popcorn, grabbed it, and, and walked out. Um, so, yeah. Wait, did you we, give we him the popcorn, or did you just let him, let him like, grab some? We, we, we told him he could have popcorn, but he, he just, you know, we didn't give it. He just went hands deep into the bowl and <laughs> just, just snatched. Well, I have a follow-up uh, question. So we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't really touch the rest of it. Okay, that was my follow-up question. Was well, that your question? Yeah. I didn't know if you would go back in there. So that was the end of the popcorn experience. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were good with that. See, I can't do popcorn. I have a... Uh, TM, like anyone, I, you can tell if someone said braces by whether or not they, they love popcorn because anyone who had braces for a <laughs> long time, popcorn's just out of our lives now. Like it's just, uh, it was not something you could partake in. And it's just, I guess there's some PTSD of like the kernels getting stuck in your teeth and stuff like that, that, uh, that I just I can't do. And there's like certain things I just can't eat because I have TMJ from, uh, from the braces experience. My jaw actually locked um, on the way to a final my senior year of college kid you not jaw locked from yawning Jeez. yes yeah, one of the most embarrassing things of all time like trying to call like i had to like so it, it was pretty nasty and pretty gnarly to like pop it out of pop it, i guess pop it back in place but it's a weird feeling not uh having a working jaw so essentially i'm terminator i think is where we ended on that is that i'm the terminator by uh by all accounts because i'm I assume, I assumed that coming in, so yeah, that that's good. That that that, that theory is confirmed. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, what can we check out from you uh, across the internet at SMY? And then you would like to plug as we wrap up here? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm running for SMY next year in the playoffs. I'm gonna have a lot of playoff coverage. Gonna have a couple things this week leading up to it. Uh, looking at the Knicks in the clutch, how have they performed in the clutch this year? Because that was obviously a a big talking point in that Laker game, poor offensive execution. So I'm going to dig into that, see if that'll affect them in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I've got another take also on how no matter what happens in the playoffs, this next season was awesome. It was a success, resounding success, big applause, and, and Knicks fans should be super happy no matter the outcome. So we're going to try and keep it optimistic, even though this could be a, a first rounder at most second round bounce probably. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll sign Alexi Chavez and get the gang back together, and it'll be a fun end of season experience. Should be, should be. Yeah, we'll see if our uh, our teams our teams face off. Should be, should be a good good match. I mean, that's fingers crossed. There, that that's what I want. That that is what I want. We're I both hoping for <laughs> for each other's teams in the first round because nobody wants to to touch Miami. No, like or Milwaukee, like y'all would be getting. Yeah, no, you don't want yeah, well, to do that. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't want. No, it. Like man, I don't want Jimmy you. Butler stomping on Trey Soul, um, in four games. That's not something I'm really all that interested in uh, seeing. And I don't want. To, I don't know. I, I could go on about that, but um, David Birchberg, thank you as always. Jay Thomas, thanks for having me. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. 
Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.